This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Northwest Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth, according to the New Testament. Come worship with us Sunday mornings at 1030 at 1708 Elm Springs Road in Springdale, Arkansas. I'd like to welcome everybody this morning. I appreciate that you could be with us and we could worship God together and study another portion of His Word. appreciate the prayers on my behalf. and It's my prayer that the things we study will be in strict accordance to God's Word. And also it will be useful to you and beneficial as we all continue our Christian walk together. And for a little while this morning, I want to talk about setting spiritual priorities. You know, there's many things in our lives that we consider a priority. And when you look at the definition of a priority, what it is, the definition is it is a thing that is regarded as more important than another thing. It's pretty simple. So we look at priorities in our life, and we, when we think about that definition, everything in our life can be ranked and it can be compared to the other things when you have in our life. Some things are always more important than other things. So for a little while today, I want to look at these priorities that we have in our life and think, see what God's Word has to tell us about them and how we should specifically set our spiritual priorities in relation to these other things we have in our life. When we look at the Bible, there's many different things that we can see or, or what we call dichotomies in the Bible. When you look up that word dichotomy, it just means a division or a contrast between two things that are or that are represented as being opposed or entirely different. When you think about the word dichotomy, it just means that something is this or it's also this. It's, it's just a contrast between the two. So we're, what we're going to look at is for a little while these different priorities we have in our lives and the dichotomies that we can see through the Word of God. The first priority that we have, a lot of people would consider this a priority in their life, is their family. People tend to put their personal family as very high up in, in, as a priority in their life. When we look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, it tells, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So we have a priority to, to obey our parents. It also says in Titus chapter 2 that the older women, that they teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, and to love their children. So when we think about we're supposed to honor our father and mother, and it commands women to love their husbands and to love their children. So family should be a priority in your life. And when we look at an economy of that, and we see maybe a little bit of a contrast, we see in Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, says, Jesus said, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So on one hand, you can see you're supposed to honor your father or mother. You're supposed to love your children, love your husbands, love your wives. However, not to the extent that we do it more than we love Christ, is what the Bible is telling us. Another uh, priority that we tend to put in our life is our job or our career. If you look in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 through 7, it tells servants, Be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. The Bible commands us to work hard in our jobs. It commands us to work for our employers and to do that as we're working to God. So you know, your job and your career, it should be a priority in your life. However, if we look over in Luke chapter 12, Jesus describes a man that was too consumed with his work. Luke chapter 12, verse 16 through 20, says, this is Jesus, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. 
And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. <clears throat> and he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Jesus is talking about this man that was so absorbed with his work, he was so consumed with it that he was neglecting spiritual responsibilities. There's many things that he could have done with these extra goods. He could have given to the poor. He could have delivered it to other people in need. There's so many other things. But what he decided to do is get so consumed with his work and build greater and build bigger. And God calls that person a fool. So when we think about our job, that is a priority. We're supposed to work hard for our job. And yet, not to the extent that it's consuming our lives. The third priority that we'll look at is our physical or worldly possessions. And we're taught to be good stewards of the blessings God give us. We're taught to take care of the things that we have in our lives. And, and a lot of times when we look at, say, in the parable of the talents, we can see a man was given certain talents. He was given these possessions, and he was rewarded when he took care of those, and, and he doubled them. And we look for, like in Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, to that person, he, his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. So we can see that we're, we're taught that we should be good stewards of the things that God's blessed us with, to use those things, to grow them, to be beneficial for other people that are around us. And yet, if you spend too much time taking care of or too much attention focusing on these worldly possessions, then it can get you off track. We can also see that Jesus taught us a parable in Luke chapter 14, verse 16 through 24. Jesus said, He unto them, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say unto them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto them, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, and the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto his servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. So we can see that two of these three men that, that the Lord had invited to his supper, now this is a spiritual application here, being invited to the spiritual blessings that Jesus has called us to. Two of the three men were too focused on their physical possessions and they used that as an excuse to not go inherit the spiritual blessings that we have. And it made the Lord angry that they made those as an excuse. So on one hand, with our possessions, we should be good stewards. And yet, we should also make sure we keep that in check, that being good stewards of the blessings that we have is not getting us in the way that we're neglecting the spiritual blessings that ultimately Jesus wants for us. So we have to be careful of these things. Sometimes, as people, we can tend to acquire so many physical blessings that it takes too much time and responsibility to maintain those things. 
We try to go too big too fast, and then we can't keep up with it. We let things start to slip. The fourth priority that people tend to put in our lives is yourself. When I think about yourself, we spend a lot of time and efforts taking care of ourselves, either from a physical body standpoint, your physical self, from a mental self, your mental health, your emotional self. We spend a lot of time and energy taking care of yourself. And you should. You should spend time and energy taking care of your physical self, your mental self, but we just have to be careful with it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, Paul says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You know, this tells us that our bodies are temples of the Holy Ghost. And, you know, I've heard some people use this verse to prioritize their physical body and taking care of their physical body from like a health standpoint with fitness or exercise or eating healthy and those type of things. I think we got to be careful with looking at the physical body like that. We, we just need to keep that in perspective. However, it is good to take care of yourself so that you can more, the more you take care of yourself, the more you can go take care of other people. And yet, we have to be careful that we're not spending so much time taking care of ourselves from a physical standpoint or a mental standpoint that we're getting off track for the true purpose of that. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a, form of, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So, like I said again, the dichotomy is we can see on one hand, you should take care of yourself. On the other hand, not to the extent that you become a lover of yourselves and you're seeking more pleasures for yourself than working towards God. So when we see all these different priorities we have in our life, some people prioritize family more than anything. Some people prioritize their job or career or their physical possessions or even themselves. These are all priorities we can have. And the beauty is that you can choose. You have the liberty to choose out of all these things which one is more important than the other ones for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. What we don't have the ability to choose, though, is that Christ is ultimately the number one priority in your life. So when we see all these different things, they are all less important than making sure that Christ is number one. So we, we look at all these things and we remember that a priority is something that we regard as more important than another. And these can change however you, you decide. But ultimately, as Christ being number one in our life, there's only one number one. And there's only one most important. And so sometimes we need to have a reality check and see, is Christ really the number one priority in your life? Or have you allowed some things to get in the way of that? So the next little part that I want to look at is potential warning signs that you may not have Christ as number one in your life. Sometimes we need like a red flag moment or we need something to wake us up and to help us identify maybe I'm a little bit off track. And I want to look through what some of those warning signs are. I heard it said a long time ago that if you really want to know someone's priorities, just look at their schedule and their bank account. And sometimes we need to look at our own schedule and our own bank account. Where are you spending the most time 
And where are you investing the most in your life? And then is it towards God? Is it towards His kingdom? Is it towards your spiritual growth? Or is it something else? Sometimes that can be a red flag for us if we look and see what does your schedule look like? What does your bank account look like? So the number one warning sign that you may have is Christ is not number one in your life is forgetting the Lord during good times. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10 through 14 says, When thou hast eaten and are full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and statutes, which I command thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and are full, and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied. Then thy heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Go down to verse 18. It says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto thy fathers, as it is this day. When we think about our lives, we have a lot of ebbs and flows of good times and hard times. There's plenty of us that are going through good times right now. There's plenty of us that are going through hard times right now, whatever the case may be. And sometimes the easiest time to forget about all the good things we have is when we're going through those good times. Sometimes that's the easiest to get off track. We do less study. We do less prayer. We do less counting our blessings because things are good. And then when things get hard again, what's the first thing we want to do? is run back to God, go to Him in prayer and ask for help. And sometimes we just need to recognize that could be a potential red flag in your life that Christ may not be number one if you're forgetting Him during the good times. Another red flag is being inconsistent with attending the services. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. When, when we look at this, I'm not talking about legitimate reasons why you can't make it. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes if, if your health is in the way or your car breaks down or something happens and you just can't make it, there is a time and place for that to happen. What I am talking about is continually looking for excuses or looking for reasons to not show up. And the writer of Hebrews tells us that we should not forsake the assembly that we should be here, and we should be here for the purpose of building up others around us. And if we're all doing that, then we're going to be built up ourselves. So look at your schedule lately. If you've been inconsistent with attending the services, that could be a potential red flag that you might want to reevaluate it. The third warning sign that we have is an inconsistent prayer life. And 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 tells us to pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Over in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 tells us to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. When you look at both of those verses in 1 Thessalonians tells us to in everything give thanks that's when you're going through those good times. You have all these blessings that you should be being thankful for and telling God thank you for that. And if you look over in Ephesians, with all prayer and supplication, that word supplication means to ask God what you want to ask Him for and to lay your needs at His feet. So whether it's good times or whether it's hard times, the point is these two verses tell us that we should always be praying, that it never stops. So if you haven't been, 
if you've been a little bit inconsistent in your prayer life and go to Him to ask for what you need or go to Him thanking Him for the blessings that you have, could be a potential warning sign that He may not be number one in your life. The fourth one we'll look at is an inconsistent study life. 1 Timothy 2 verse 15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, we know we need to study. We know this is how God communicates with us, is that we read His Word, we study it, we understand it, we look for those instructions that we can have and we can have a godly life for Him. We know we need to study, but sometimes we're just not very consistent in doing it, are we? Whether we need someone else to make that initiative approach that will get us to study, we need someone else to ask us to study, we need something to happen for us to study, well, if we have an inconsistent study life, it could potentially be a red flag that Christ is not number one. When you think about all the other things that you have in your life, we're pretty consistent by nature, meaning we have a lot of habits. We have habits that we do over and over and over. So do you have the habit of really getting in and studying God's Word? And if not, could be a warning sign that you might need to make some changes. And the fifth one that we'll look at is being unable to give answers. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you within, with meekness and fear. Sometimes people are just not able to give a pretty basic or simple answer that we see from the Scriptures. When we think about this, I want you to think about if someone asks you a question about politics, sports stats, your work, what's going on in the economy, we can recite things all day long. We have the ability to learn things, to be able to give answers to some questions. But do you have the ability to give spiritual answers if someone asks you a question that way? If someone asks you a question out the Bible, can you answer it? Can you defend what the Scriptures say with certainty and with truth? And if you can't, then you may have a, a warning sign that God is not number one in your life. So look at these different things. When we see these warning signs, forgetting the Lord during good times, being inconsistent with attending service, inconsistent prayer life, inconsistent study life, or being unable to give an answer, if any of these apply to you, then you might want to think about, is Christ really been number one in my life recently? Or do I have some changes I need to make? I bet if you really think long about it and hard, you may be thinking this morning, you know, I have let other things get in the way of, being, of Christ being number one. I have allowed these other priorities to be more important to me recently than for Christ to be number one. So you may be feeling that way. So the next thing that I want to look at is if you are in that category right now where Christ hasn't been number one and these warning signs have showed up for you and you're looking at these things, the next thing I want to look at is, okay, what's the answer? How do we put Christ first? What is the step-by-step -step approach that we need to make changes and we can follow these steps to make those changes? Well, the first thing, if you want to make Christ priority in your life, you just got to make the decision. You got to decide to put Him first. You got to decide that He is going to be the number one priority in your life. If you look at Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, we have an example of a lady doing this, and it says, Now it came to pass, as they went, that He entered into a certain village, talking about Jesus, and a certain woman named Martha received him unto her, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, 
and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. You have two sisters here, Mary and Martha. Now what Martha was doing was she was serving Jesus. Was that wrong? Absolutely not. She was taking care of what Jesus could do. She was showing hospitality to Him in her home, and she was serving Him and doing the things that would make anyone feel welcomed as a guest. But her sister Mary, she wasn't doing that. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and she was learning as much as she could. She chose to take the, the teachings that Jesus had so that she could apply it to her lives. So what Jesus is teaching us here is if you want to make Christ first in your life, you have to be like Mary and choose the good thing that, that Jesus provides for you, which is His teaching. The second thing that you want to do to put Christ first is set spiritual goals. Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2, it says, If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. You Think about the goals that you set for your life. Think about the goals that you set for your job, for your family, for your physical health, different things that you want to accomplish in your life. It, we know how to set goals. When we look at setting goals, we think about what do we want to achieve and then work it backwards. You have a step-by-step -step approach. Okay, how am I going to achieve that in the time that I want to achieve it? Setting spiritual goals is no different. So think about from a spiritual standpoint, what do you want to see in your life over the next three to five years? How do you want to see yourself grow spiritually? And then set those goals and figure out a plan. How do you make that happen? What do you need to learn to make those goals a reality? Who do you need to be around? Whose help do you need? What do you need to, to make those spiritual goals a reality? The first thing is set the spiritual goals. The next thing you want to do to put Christ first in your life is choose to invest in that spiritual growth. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You have to make this decision to set those spiritual goals and invest in that spiritual growth. Do the things necessary to invest in that. You know, think about the investments that you make in all other areas of your life. Think about the investments you make in establishing a good career. You know, we teach kids from a very early age, they need to go to school, they need to get an education, set a plan for what kind of job that they want to have in the future, and make sure that it's a good job, that they can make a good living for their family. And we teach them to invest in that path, to invest in the growth that they have for their job. Are we teaching our kids to invest in their spiritual growth, as well as, as investing in their job and their marriage and their family? So when we think about setting those goals, we need to make the decision we're going to invest in our spiritual growth and our spiritual journey. The next thing, if you want to set Christ as first in your life, is seek to help and grow the church. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38 tells us, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. This is Jesus talking to the apostles and he's saying there's a lot of people out there that need to hear about his gospel and that they're ready. 
They're ready for his word, and he's telling them to pray that more laborers have been sent. Well, those laborers that have been sent are sitting right here in this room today. It's you and me. We are the laborers that they prayed for, and we should continue to pray for more laborers. So if you want to put Christ as first in your life, seek to grow the church and seek to help your fellow brothers and sisters when they had times of need. And this is a way that you can set Him as priority in your life. And finally, if you really want to make Him number one, stay obedient to His Word. John chapter 14, verse 21, it says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judah said unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and he will come unto him, and make or abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which he hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Jesus tells us that he recognizes our love for him by our obedience to his word. If you want to know that Jesus loves you and, that, and Jesus knows that you love him, it's with your obedience to his word. So to set him as priority in your life means to do what he has asked you to do and to put those things into practice. So we can see from these different things that first you need to decide to make him first in your life, set spiritual goals, invest in your spiritual growth, seek to help and grow the church, and stay obedient to his word. These are the ways that you can put Christ first in your life. So when we look at all these things that we have in our life, sometimes it's difficult for us to really decide what priorities we have and to set things in order and make sure that we're following through what God wants us to do. So the next piece I want to look at is what is the proper Christian mindset around all this so we can make sure Christ always stays number one in our life? Well, the first thing we're going to look at is focus on the eternal, not the temporal. Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2 is, If ye even be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, and set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. If you also look in Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it says, For to be carnally minded or worldly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So we must keep our focus on the eternal. When we're thinking about our jobs, we're thinking about our families, we're thinking about ourself from a physical standpoint, we're thinking about all these different things, they're all temporal. And what we know is they will pass away. And it's hard for us to really recognize this because that's what we see day in and day out. And we put a high level of urgency on these things that are all around us, when in reality, the most urgent and the most important is really our spiritual goals and the spiritual things that we need to set forth. So we have to make sure that our mindset is focused on the eternal, not focused on the temporal too much. The next thing is lay aside the stresses of this world. If you look in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 8, it tells us to be careful or anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, and whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. 
I want you to think about all the stresses and anxieties that tend to come up in your life. What do they come from? What does the stress come from in your life? Does it come from your family? Does stress come from your job or different things like that? Does stress come from your physical health or your mental health and keeping up with those things? Where does the stress and anxiety really come from? What it's telling us here in the book of Philippians is lay on the side. That stress and anxiety, we have to remember that it's going to be an eternal focus that we focus on. Those are going to go away. Anything that you're dealing with today, any hardship, any challenges that you're facing, they will pass and they will end. And we have to always keep our focus on that positive eternal future that we have. And then we'll have that peace of God which passes all understanding. When we lay aside the stresses and anxieties of the world and really focus on that eternal blessing that we have, then we can have a peace that most people just won't understand because they don't focus on those things that we, we know we should be. And we always have to remember to remember the blessings that God gives us in the future and the blessings that God has given us now. One of those blessings that we have is eternal life. 2 Timothy 4, verse 7 and 8 says, I have fought a good fight, and I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. Paul is telling us that his life on earth was just about finished, and he was ready for that eternal blessing that we're going to receive. And that eternal blessing is there for you too, that crown of righteousness that is waiting for you. We have this blessing that we need to remember instead of getting so caught up with the world and prioritizing all these physical things that we have here now. Remember what we're really striving for is when we finish the race, we get this crown of righteousness and keep that as focus and number one in our life. We also remember another blessing we have is our heavenly treasures that Jesus is preparing for you right now. In John chapter 14, verse 1 through 3, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believed in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may also be. When we think about the blessings that we have as followers and disciples of Christ, Christ is building a mansion for you. He's building a place that you, that you can have that eternal life with Him. And we know that when He builds a place for us, He's going to come back for us to, to receive us up into that heavenly home. These are some of the blessings that we have coming for us. We have this crown of righteousness, and we have this mansion waiting for us. And it's a lot easier to stay focused on that eternal and to stay focused on Christ as truly being the number one priority in our life when we remember the blessings that He has promised to give us. And those are blessings that we have coming for us in the future, but we also have blessings right here and right now as Christians. And one of those blessings is your church family. It's your brothers and sisters sitting right beside you today. Matthew 19, verse 29 tells us that everyone that has forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Christ is telling us that if you have to neglect your physical earthly family, if you have to neglect your possessions, if you have to neglect your worldly job or whatever that is, that Christ is going to give us a hundredfold and he has given you a hundredfold. When you look at all the different things that you have in your life, your brothers and sisters across this world, 
all the possessions that they have that they're willing to share with you, all the hospitality, all the love, the care, the support, it is way more than you could ever accomplish on yourself. And it's a blessing from God that we've been given as our church family. And when we remember those blessings, it helps to keep our mindset in the right place that Christ is always number one because Christ is the one that gives us all these blessings for us. And finally, we remember another blessings that we have is peace. We have peace during these times of trial. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. We know we're going to have hard times. We know that these hard times can tend to get us off track. And sometimes the devil uses that to pull you off track, to get you to not focus on these spiritual things that you have. But Jesus tells us to remember that in Him we have peace. That no matter what hard time you have, when you are focused on Him and you remember the blessings that He has given us, we will have peace. And those peace during that hard times. So when we look at all these different things, this is what helps keeps our mindset to have Christ as number one in our life. We have peace with Him. We have our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have these spiritual blessings that's been promised to us with eternal home with Him in heaven and that crown of righteousness that we will receive if we keep Him as number one in our life. So I hope for a little while this morning you've understood that setting your spiritual priorities, it doesn't matter what you set as long as Christ is number one. And that place is never taken. Christ is always number one in your life. You're always focused on serving Him and doing the things that we have. And one of the biggest lies that we tell ourselves is that we've got more time. We're going to focus on some of these physical things now because they're more urgent and we'll take care of our spiritual self later. And what we need to remember is we don't know how much time we've got. You know, there's plenty of people that they pass away every day and they weren't expecting it. It was just recently, a few months ago, that I had an 18-year-old niece that she tragically passed away. She wasn't expecting it. None of us were. And what we need to remember is that we don't have as much time as we think. So quit telling yourself the lie that we're going to focus on these physical things now and we'll focus on God later. That you're, you need to focus on God now. He needs to become the number one priority in your life today and for the rest of your days, for all, all your times. So we have to take action now. If there's any of you that feel like Christ hasn't been the number one priority in your life and you need the prayers of the church, we can help you. And that's what we want to do as your family. That's one of our responsibilities and our privileges of being in the family of Christ. We help each other. We take care of each other. So if you need that help, then let us know. If you haven't made Christ first in your life by submitting to Him in baptism and becoming a disciple of His, then you need to do that today. You don't know how much time you have left, and you need to take that action today. So if you'd like to follow after Christ and be baptized into Him and wash away your sins, or you need the prayers of the church for whatever reason, just come and have a seat on this front pew while we stand and sing the song that's been selected. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from God's Word. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Christ, send us a message at facebook.com slash cfcnwa. To find more sermons, look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and like our Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and God bless.